This episode of the Glossy Podcast is sponsored by Shopify Plus. From first sketch to retail floor, you need a commerce platform to help you scale at the speed of your ideas. That's why the world's fastest growing brands like Steve Madden, Chubby's, La Sport Sack, and Gymshark rely on Shopify Plus to sell to their customers around the world. You'll be able to go wherever your customers are, from New York to Milan to Instagram. And they'll make sure you look brilliant in every size from pop-up shop to mobile. Join over 5,000 brands on Shopify Plus at shopify.com slash glossy. Barney's doesn't guarantee success. Vogue doesn't guarantee success. What guarantees success is if you actually find an audience that actually loves your product. We've been very slow to change in terms of how technology has impacted our lives. A new social network can pop up overnight and completely change our business model. Hello and welcome to the Glossy Podcast, our weekly show where we discuss fashion, luxury, and technology with the people making change happen. I'm your host, Hilary Milnes, and this week, Revolve's Chief Brand Officer, Raisa Girona, joined me at the Shop Talk Conference in March to discuss influencer marketing, experimenting on Instagram, and how to keep up with evolving content strategies. Hope you enjoy it. Hi, Raisa. Thanks for, thanks for sitting down. Hi, how are you? So... Let's just start. What's on your mind right now at Revolve? Uh, things have changed a lot since we last spoke. Uh, why don't you just catch us up? It's been years. It's been years. Um, I mean, so much happens so fast, uh, but I think coming just away from the panel that I spoke on this morning, which is really focusing on different content platforms to connect with your consumer, it's always interesting to talk about what I feel like is just everyday, day-to-day course that Revolve, which is influencer experiential marketing. And, um, you know, to talk about it out loud and share the story, it's always so flattering, but also like, oh, people think that this is like a new way of marketing, um, which it it is, but I think because we've been doing it for so long and I live it, you know, every single day, day in and day out. It's nice to step away and, and, and really share, I guess, some of the key moments that's been really um, fueling the growth of the company um, through all the brand marketing that we've been doing for so long. So it's, it's, it was an interesting panel to, to take a step back and just really look at what we've, what I guess I just do for a living, which is kind of funny. Um, but yes. It's been it's been incredible. Uh, so you guys are essentially the experts on influencer marketing and, and uh, figuring out how to make the most of it. You've basically written the playbook. Uh, so what's what's the percentage of sales that come from influencer marketing? I mean, it's it's pretty high in terms of um, driving traffic, acquiring new customers. Um, so there's definitely, of course, that relationship. But I think for us, and, and I said this earlier too, is that. The one thing that that we did do, and I think we continue to do differently, is really treating influencer marketing as just another type of media buy, and n- not forcing the the ROI on it immediately. I think like now, retailers and and anyone who's actually trying to do influencer marketing are so caught up in this concept of sales attribution immediately. Um, and I think for us, it's it was let's build the brand first through this new way of marketing. And sales is actually, I think, the the cherry on top. 
So take us back to when Revolve first started. Uh, where was influence marketing when you started and how have you seen it grow over time? To your point, like when you're not so dead set on sales and immediate ROI, it grows differently and you can foster it as a bigger part of the marketing business. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. take us back to the beginning when you started at Revolve and first started working with influencers and how it's developed since then. Sure. So um, I'll give you a, a, I'll try to make it as short as possible in terms of the history. But um, Michael Mente, who is the co-founder and co-CEO of Revolve and I, um, along with two other people, started a, a basically it was his side business, but my main business um, over 10 years ago. And we started a brand called Lovers and Friends, and um, which was obviously sold on Revolve. And at that time, this was back in 2008, 2009, we really saw the shift in just our customer and even us, because and, and I am a Revolve customer, um, looking to bloggers for inspiration and information, right? And so we saw very quickly how the bloggers would be photographed street style and we were like so fascinated, I was, of this concept of being a regular person shooting your photos, posting it on a blog. And this is before influencers were even called influencers. It's like you had to actually have a blog to be, yeah, to be relevant, you know? And so when we had lovers and friends, I really just started to reach out to influencers and was just so fascinated with the, with what they were doing because I really thought it was groundbreaking and also saw that if I was really intrigued and they're getting all this, you know, people to, to read their blogs, you know, this is like a shift. It's, it was a fundamental shift in the way we were going to consume information. And so when Revolve officially bought, um, so the, the company that we formed with Lovers and Friends is called Alliance Apparel. Um, at that time, I feel like, you know, I was able to do all these smaller projects on the Alliance Apparel side, working with influencers, going on these small trips and just testing it out. And so when the acquisition happened and my role switched to, you know, being the chief brand officer for the company, I was really able to apply a lot of the strategies that we did on a very small level to Revolve. And that was in 2013. So again, this is like six years ago where we were just, um, we kind of knew what was working and what direction the customer was going. And obviously at that time, Instagram already launched and we also saw how influencers that we were working with, you know, just a couple years ago, their following grew massively. And that's something that I think, you know, a Vogue or an Elle magazine continues to struggle with you know how do they continue to increase their market share so that was incredibly fascinating to see that somebody could grow from 300,000 followers to 4 million in a couple of years and so I think for us it was just continuing to hone in on our strategy um, testing a little bit and then making the big bets when we felt like the obviously the data was there and we just knew that it was the right move for the brand So how did you take the strategy that Lovers and Friends was doing on the brand level and blow that out into a retailer strategy for Revolve? So for us, it was obviously as a retailer, it's it's difficult, especially for somebody like Revolve, because you're carrying five, six, seven hundred brands at any given time. So it's like, how do you create a lifestyle brand out of a, a company that carries hundreds of brands? And so we wanted to really pinpoint on what who our consumer was first and foremost and so we identified very quickly that she's this 
female millennial customer that loves to travel, loves to go out and post everything, shares everything on social media. And so, you know, taking that and applying it into a strategy was honestly quite simple just because our customer was telling us right in front of our face what she was doing all the time. And so we took that concept and obviously kind of ran with it. So launching different and ongoing campaigns like Revolve around the world, which, um, you know, it's, it's, if you follow us on Instagram, you're very familiar, but if you don't and you look up the hashtag, there's, you know, close to 60,000 photos of our community of customers and influencers who participate in this hashtag. It's very aspirational. You travel around the world and you basically chronicle everything you do on the trip most importantly your outfits obviously because it has to come back to product at the end of the day um, and then from there you know going back to the original question of, of being a retailer we also wanted to make sure that we had product that we felt very very strongly about so that was kind of the main reason why Revolve officially acquired Lovers and Friends. And from there, we now have 20 brands that we own, produce, operate, and design. Um, you know, obviously in a sea among 700 brands on the site. But it's become quite easy for us to obviously promote Revolve and really, really um, position Revolve as a lifestyle brand while supporting these 20 brands um, that we've built over the last couple of years. Right. So, so would you say that the Revolve owned brands are at the forefront of your influencer strategy? 1000%. Yes, because obviously we are, you know, making clothes that our customer wants to wear, our influencers obviously want to wear, but we're able to integrate it um you know, pretty flawlessly into our, our strategy because when we do travel or, you know, when we do an event, it's like, hey, here are all the products that we made that we own, obviously. Plus, like, here are our top brands that we don't own but are, are obviously best sellers on the site. So it's almost like a win-win, or I should say not almost, but it is a win-win in terms of being able to provide the best product for our customers and also promoting that lifestyle for Revolve. So that's the gateway into the brand and the company. Exactly. How do you talk to influencers about the program that you have? That's what's been so incredible about the relationship is that you would think that the brands, you know, people make the assumption that the third party brands is what we refer to them um, as that they would be, you know, upset or kind of like what's happening, but they're not. It's more like, hey, you, we see what you're doing. How can we plug into this playbook and have it beneficial for all of us? And so what we've been able to do, for instance, it's, let's say is Nike. Nike is actually one of our top selling brands on the site. And we've been wanting to work with them for so many years, but they were always hesitant to be online. And then finally, like two years ago, they were like, you know what, we're ready to work with Revolve. Obviously, we're so, so, so happy. And from there, they've been incredible partners where they are participating in, in all these events and activities that we do. So much so that last year, we actually hosted a pop-up shop, um, Revolve X Nike. Um, and we're doing one again for Coachella. And so they, they, they are a brand, like most of the brands that we carry on the site, that completely understand the importance of influencer marketing, what we do, and what we can really do for their brands as well. So how much of Revolve's business is the owned brands versus third party? So it's, um, it's a mix between like 
anywhere from 25 to 30% at any given time. Um, obviously it fluctuates, but, um, but yes, I mean, it, it, it was never like, it was, it was a fast, but a slow growth. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. It wasn't something that we were super hyper-focused on, but knew that creating our own quote-unquote private label strategy was going to be instrumental to the growth of the business. And, um, and that's the thing too, is that we knew right off the bat that we didn't want to create private label brands. We didn't want to just slap on the Revolve logo on a shirt that everybody else can find. We knew that we had to craft and create these brands that resonated with a customer that had a heartbeat and you know all of our brands all 20 of them have their own instagram accounts that they post very actively on and have their own voice and obviously a following that rivals a lot of of brands that we don't own so um it's been years in the making but we again came back to the customer and knew that in order to really understand what she wanted and um and and be part of her life it had to be a true brand. It couldn't just be this, again, private label strategy. Right. When it comes to Vogue and other traditional fashion magazines that have lost market share to influencers, how do you see Revolve's relationship with brands as it compares to traditional department stores' relationship with brands? Like, how do you handle the relationship differently with brands? For sure. I think for us, it was, you know, or it's always been making sure that we partnered with a brand that we felt like there was a benefit mutually beneficial relationship. This is something, this thought process and this this um, is something that we apply even when we work with influencers, you know? It's making sure that they understand that there's value in working with Revolve and vice versa. So for us, working with third-party brands is always supporting them, um, encouraging them to make obviously exclusive product for the site, and then integrating them as much as possible into what we're doing. So again, you know, we have like Revolve Festival, for example, that's coming up. Um, we have over 60 plus SKUs that are exclusive from different brands that we're going to ensure that we're promoting to obviously our social media channels and our influencers. So they really understand that benefit. In a sense, Revolve is almost like a mini agency in itself because we're basically helping grow these brands organically through influencer marketing and obviously just simply being on the site, um, I think gives them a lot of credit and a lot of clout also. We'll be right back. The success of your business should never be limited by the commerce platform you run on. That's where Shopify Plus comes in. Whether you're kicking off an exclusive flash sale or epic product drop, you'll be able to process thousands of transactions a minute without worrying about broken cards or crash checkouts. Shopify Plus is tailored for fashion speed, experience, and personalization. Learn more about Shopify Plus at shopify.com glossy. Hey, Glossy listeners. My name is Gianna Cappadona, producer here at Glossy, and I'm here to talk to you about episode three of our mini-series, Glossy Trendwatch Streetwear Edition. For this episode, we are joined by StockX's Josh Luber as he discusses the resale market for streetwear and the convergence of the primary and secondary markets. You can catch every episode of Glossy Trendwatch right here in the Glossy podcast feed. To stay up to date with the latest podcast from Glossy, be sure to subscribe and leave us any feedback you have. Now, back to the episode. Right, you mentioned the content strategy. So when you think about what customers are looking for, how do you look outside of influencer marketing for other inspiration of what the brand should be talking about and how to reach customers outside of influencers? Well, for us, obviously, homepage and email is always 
key and always very, very important. But um, we're always looking, I mean, for the last couple of years, really where, again, our customers are. And the fact is, like, they're still spending so much time on Instagram. They just are, you know. Um, there was a point where, you know, we were exploring doing things on Snapchat, for instance. But the reality was our customer wasn't there. So we were producing content and killing ourselves over this content strategy that no one really was watching, you know? So it was like, hey, let's regroup, let's refocus, and where's our customer? And she's like, obviously spends more time on Instagram than any other platform. Um, obviously, Instagram stories has become incredibly important for us and our brand because, you know, just like, unlike a homepage and email, it's something that you can do so quickly, multiple times a day, that the customer truly loves engaging with and so now it's more like oh my gosh another channel um and then obviously igtv that um i know that instagram is is really pushing for um does instagram ask you to try new features yes yeah they do which which we love you know and getting that insight um and knowing that you know they they trust us and they trust our community of influencers and obviously customers to guide to kind of give guidance on what's what they're what they like and what they're really into so for us you know right now it's still very instagram focused but we are absolutely looking at other channels whether that's a podcast or even you know episodic shows um that continue to expand on the lifestyle aspect of the brand how big is your marketing team so the brand marketing team, there's about 28 of us, and we support, um, obviously, Revolve. We have a sister site called Forward that's more luxury and designer, um, and then the 20 brands that we own. And so um, it's a lot of work because, obviously, social and content's a huge, huge um, chunk of that. Running, you know, call it 22, 23 accounts, is, it's pretty gnarly, <laughs> but... Um, but it's something that we choose to do in-house. I think that's also been one key differentiator with Revolve and just the way we approach our brand marketing and just the brand overall is that we've tried so many um, different agencies and, and there's nothing wrong with them. But for us, I think it's just been difficult to find the right one because nobody is really sitting there all day thinking about just this one brand. You know, They're obviously working with so many so many clients um so the 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 choice to, t to do everything in-house our pr is in-house obviously social content all of our events production experiential marketing is also done in-house which gives us obviously a ton of control and just complete focus on ensuring that the brand is in the best light and the best place so revolve is doing services do you see that growing into a second business or or something like that you know we we toy around with that idea, but it's like, you know, we're just hyper-focused on, on the business and, and know what our strengths are, obviously. But but as I mentioned, it's really interesting because it, it almost does run like a mini agency in the sense that, you know, a brand will approach us, for instance, and say, hey, like, I really love XXXX Influencer. What do you think about doing a partnership? And could you put that together for us? And, and, and it's great because, you know, the influencer then is like, okay, I really now really love working with Revolve because now I'm getting a new client. Um, and then for us, it's a win-win because the influencer's happy. And then when we get exclusive product, it continues to, again, give that, give the site so much more credibility and drive even more traffic when we have things that you can't find anywhere else. 
And how many influencers is Revolve working with? Thousands. Yeah, we're working with so many. And and that's been like also very interesting because as content producers, the, the influencers is who I'm referring to, it's always really interesting to see the ones that are up and coming, the ones who really break out and you know, and then the ones that are like, wow, you're like the 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 influencer right now, you know, and so we really try to, to, to see that growth from the start. And yeah, we work with all types of influencers and really, again, work with them in a way where it feels mutually beneficial that they, I think first and foremost, the influencers truly love the brands that we carry on the site. You know, it's not like we're forcing them to wear anything. They're just like, oh my God, I love this brand. And, oh my God, you carry this brand, which is which is great because then it's already like, okay, they just want to wear the clothes. <laughs> so how often do you think about influencer fatigue? Is that a concern? I do think about it often. I have to. It's it's like, it's my job. But, but I still feel like we're in the early stages, to be honest, even though it's been like such a hot buzzword for the last couple of years. But now it's like, what's what to me, I'm seeing more and more is that like, the influencers that are really big are continuing to um, evolve and continuing to grow. I mean, that's that to me is the most impressive thing, you know, like somebody that still that has 5 million followers, you wake up, you know, a year from now, and then they're like at seven million you're like how this is crazy and their engagement is still really great and so that's exciting and obviously you know even the smaller influencers who have even better engagement um and so for us it's just exciting to see um where and who kind of like comes up at the top and then figuring out what we can do with them on a deeper level aside from just them like attending our events but really building that deeper relationship and you know whether that's creating product together or obviously continuing to create each other's brand and help each other grow um, I really think that we're in the early innings and that there's definitely some solid years to come so it's not going away but do you see it changing in the way that retailers approach it influencers are making product lines and that stuff sells for other retailers so how do you evolve that relationship in new ways as influencer marketing gets more mature for us it's identifying the people that we want to work with for as long as possible, you know, and thankfully, because we've been working with them for so many years, we're, it's, there's a very clear direction on which way we need to go and who we want to work with um, on a product level or just on an event, whatever, posting level. Um, but I think fatigue is, you know, I, I don't I don't really agree with that word in a sense because I do think every influencer has a great audience that they can really maximize and for a brand or a retailer it's quite exciting um, to see you know where we can take that relationship and and it's definitely a huge focus for us this year um, I, I, I can't really say like with who but we're launching two brands this year with influencers that we work that we've worked with for years it's very very exciting um, so it's full brands not just like a capsule collection yeah a full brands yeah and and that's the thing too like um, we're open to doing both a capsule or obviously a full brand, but with with the people that we're launching with, it's just been years in the making. Uh, we understand their aesthetic, we know their you know where their followers are and who they are, and so it's very exciting to see um, this next step. It feels now like you know, influencer marketing is overblown, but when it comes to individuals, do you think it's possible that someone can get too big and is promoting too much all the time? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How do you work with them at different stages, especially since you guys have been working with them from the beginning and have that agency perspective at the same time? 
time. For sure. I mean, again, it's about like looking and tracking and really watching the influencers and who they're working with. I think it's okay for us, like if somebody is posting all the time, but tagging like Louis Vuitton or like, you know, Christian Dior, these are luxury houses that we'd love for them to be a part of because it continues to uplift Revolve as an aspirational brand. Um, so we're very careful to see who the influencer is working with. It's like the new brand adjacency. Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, I never thought about it like that, about brand adjacencies in, you know, on a floor in Nordstrom's. But but you're absolutely right um, because, you know, seeing who they work with says so much about how they value their business, um, how they see themselves in the future and who they really want to align themselves with. So for us, no problem at all if they're constantly posting about like, you know, brands that we admire and, and think is brand elevating. But we all have to be careful with when, when they're posting brands that are not as brand elevating. And so we're thinking, OK, are we are we the top of that price point? You know, what kind of um, market are they hitting? Are they talking to the right customer? Um, and also, where is this person going to be in a year or two um, if these are the types of brands that they're working with? And so there's definitely a lot of thought, data, and just um, conversations around the, the thousands of influencers that we work with. And we don't get them right all the time, for sure. But I think we've established a system where, where we we feel good about most of the people that we're working with, if not all of them, you know, as much as we can at the same time. So outside of that, as Revolve grows as a company, you've done pop-ups. What role does physical retail play as a marketing channel and customer acquisition channel? Personally, I think, you know, retail and having a physical space is, is, is actually very, very important for an online retailer. I mean, for the obvious reasons that we're not present. But I think especially for the younger consumer, they always want to be part of something. And I think for us, being able to take that experience that we do online and applying it to a real life and, you know, in a store, whatever that means. You know, I, I always envision if we were really able to do a store, um, that it's definitely going to include some experiences that people want to share just because that's part of the brand's DNA at this point. Um, and, you know, we're never going to have a store that's going to be able to carry the, you know, 50, 60,000 SKUs that we carry at any given time. It's just going to be, it's impossible. I mean, it's possible, but that would be like the craziest rent ever, you know? So it's like, so yeah, so it's like being thoughtful about what that looks like. But I do think, and I, I foresee something like that being um, an important part of what we do um, and especially because we've, we've been working for the last 15, 16 years of building this incredible community of customers and fans. You know, we have almost 3 million Instagram followers and it's like, how do we talk to them? I mean, we talk to them all the time, but can we talk to them a, on a deeper level in person? Um, we had a pop-up shop actually last year in New York um, and it was for a week in Soho and the every single day there was a line outside the door before it opened throughout the day and it was so incredible to meet customers that were so passionate about the brand like just some people flew from like Panama from like Canada just to like see the store and take pictures in it and to me you know as somebody that that that's like the that's like I felt like I the crown jewel of of, of the highlight of, of my career is knowing that there's people out there that that just want to be part of what we're doing in in real life um, and posting about it in social life. <laughs> yeah. When you think about the pop-ups and the presence at festivals and being where the customer is to keep it feel exciting, do you think a typical store would have the same impact in driving people in and driving online engagement? I think you... 
in today's market, it has to be so much more, um, whether it's Revolve or I don't know, like an another retailer, um, just because people are constantly looking for content. Honestly, like, you know, you see a Glossier and, you know, you how well they're doing and how interactive the store is and how beautiful it is. Like you really have to think about retail in such a different light now. Um, even having a restaurant. I was talking to somebody about this yesterday is that like you can't just have like a regular restaurant anymore. Like everything has to feel like an experience. I mean, of course, food is an experience, but just the chairs, everything, everything is Instagrammable, you know? So especially for us where that's like our bread and butter, what we live day in and day out, this physical experience has to be just that, something that they want to share, that they want to experience, and that hopefully that they're going to be lining up for all the time. We're just about out of time, but anything else coming up that you wanted to talk about? There's so much. We have Revolve Festival coming up. Um, we have a partnership with Palms Hotel and Casino here in Vegas, actually, um, where you can uh, rent the Revolve Suite, which is so cool. Um, so that's happening at the end of the year. But um, there's a lot happening all the time, and I think that's what also keeps Revolve um, on top of your feet is that we're, we're constantly active so that we don't get lost in your, in your very, very important feed. Right. You know how to work the algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're trying. Yes. Yes. Well, being a public company changed expectations of the attention that's paid to, you know, is this driving ROI? How do you keep the same long-term growth attitude when you're being held closer to the quarterly results? You know, it's going to be it's going to be tough, but I also think that we have to continue to do business as we've done. And we've been doing this for a really long time, um, you know, the business overall, but also just influencer marketing and the way that we market and speak to our consumer. And so I think that that even though it's it's a little bit scary to to investors and people that are not very familiar, I think that is also a very um it's it's one of the reasons why Revolve is is successful. So um, I think it's that trust and knowing that you know this isn't something that we're we're just you know rolled out of bed and 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 executed. It's been really years in the making. Awesome. Well, we're just about out of time. Thank you so much, Raisa. Enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Hillary. We hope you enjoyed the episode. A special thanks to Gianna Capadona, the producer of this podcast. As a thank you for listening, we're passing along a limited time introductory offer on a three-month subscription to Glossy Plus. Glossy Plus members access unlimited stories, exclusive research, and more. Join today for just $49. That's $80 off by entering the code intro at checkout at glossy.co slash subscribe. And as always, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Anchor FM and leave us any feedback you have.